0: talking Thursday finance with Stephen Pritchard but I think it's time to look at currency and commodities Stephen
1: Yes, Sarah, currencies and commodities this week. Um, The gold price was up uh, $21.12 on the week to $1,701. The copper price was down $72.86 a tonne to $8,752. And the crude oil price was up $6.65 a barrel to $89.76 a barrel. Um, The Australian currency um, fell almost across the board this week. We're down... um, Uh, 2.9 cents against the US dollar to 77.67 against the great British pound. We're down a cent to 54.94 pence and against the euro we're down um, 0.67 percents to 62.94 euro cents. Um, The equity markets around the world, um, they're all red except here in Australia. So, um, we're up uh, 25.4 points on the week to 6,053. Uh, the S&P uh, 500 was down 1.2% um, and to uh, 2,711. And the UK index, the FTSE, was down 1.4% to 7,038. Um, um, some stocks that local investors seem to be interested in is um, BHP uh, was was up 6 cents to $28.92 uh, CBA was steady at seventy-five seventy-eight, dollars um, 78 which has been amazing considering what's coming out of the Royal Commission wow. and um, NIB was down $0.03 cents to $6.83 and, and Telstra was surprisingly up $0.03 cents to $3.33 um, The fuel prices around Newcastle have, have, have pretty much steady on the previous week so to use Jane's predictions um, is she back next week?
0: Oh, she must be getting it close. Be or maybe so after she, Easter, she's always
1: got this theory that they go up before holidays. So we're a dollar thirty-seven. I agree point, with that. We're a dollar thirty-seven point seven this week. So we'll see what happens next week, and a dollar forty point seven in Sydney. So Sydney was up ten um, percent. and we, we we didn't move, so that that's good. Um, and in Newcastle, the diesel price is a dollar thirty-seven, which is the same as last week, and Sydney the diesel price was also the same.
0: And Stephen, it is time for our weekly market update.
1: Yes, Henry. Only one more weekly market update after this week before Easter. I oh,
2: know it, it seems to have come around very quickly. Stephen, how
1: yes, are you? Yes, good. Doesn't seem like it's Christmas so long ago.
2: No, well, I guess Easter's come a little early this year, so um, so that's part of the reason. But yeah, it does seem to be slipping away quite quickly this year.
1: Yes, and the and the big the big news yesterday was that James Packers resigned from Crown Casinos board.
2: Yeah, well, this isn't the first time he did resign a couple of years ago. Um, hardly unexpected. What I, I was more surprised about was the fact that he's put on thirty-four kilos. Um, <laughs> he said,
1: oh, where did you oh, see that?
2: <laughs> that? That's what I was um, reading this morning somewhere. That oh, he's not—he's sure not, right. <clears throat> not a very happy um, chappy at the moment. Unfortunately for for poor James, um, and he is struggling with some mental health issues. So oh, um, that's I open. guess. No, that is not good, and I, you know, I, I, our hearts kind of go out to anyone that has that issue. I have lots of friends that seem to have had that issue. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so, yes, but um, I guess the uh, the good news for Crown, if there is any good news, is the company's in pretty good shape. The Barangaroo thing um, is kind of underway. That's their big... Um, yeah, that's the great white hope, I guess, is that the Barangaroo thing will, will do well for them. But, um, yeah, it's just very sad, I guess, for... for Poor James has not had a great couple of years with the whole uh, romance and uh, mm-hmm. the withdrawal from Macau and all the other issues and all the problems he's had in China. So, yeah, yeah not so much fun for him, I'm afraid.
1: Yes, and down to uh, Maya. Um... Oh. You see the comment from the chairman today? It's unbelievable.
2: Um, I was on Sky Business yesterday and that they kept replaying that and I must admit I had a real rant about that because I could not believe that anybody would be dopey enough to say something like that you know i 'm not a great retailer, but I know how to make money, money. <laughs> have, having written off five hundred and fifteen million bucks first loss ever, canceled the dividend, share prices at an all time low, um, and in danger of breaching their banking covenants, this is not going to end well and You would imagine that if Solly Lou was watching that grab of Gary Hounsel saying he knows how to make money, um, the steam would have just been coming out of his ears.
1: I mean, it's, I'm it was
2: an extraordinary comment, mate.
1: Well, oh, you know, the previous comment was he, he only goes into the shop once or twice a year.
2: Well, that's, that's, he's not the only one. I have to say, it looks like most people only go into the shop once or twice a year. I actually had the unfortunate experience of going into Maya on Saturday to buy a dinner shirt um, for a, a ball thing that I was going to. And... Um, The girl behind the counter, after waiting for 15 minutes to try and ask if they actually sold them, had no idea what they meant. Now, I was probably close to the only person on the entire floor, um, and the place was deserted. And this was in one of their so called flagship stores, which under Richard Umbers they spent $310 million making it schmick and state of the art. It was deserted. The place is just terrible. There's nobody around, there was no service. Um, it was. It was just. Yeah, and the thing hasn't changed in you know 25 years. It's still mm. the same old department store that it was years and years ago. Um, and I was reading this morning that um, you know, they were trumpeting the fact that their, their online sales oh. were, were up 45% to a massive $100 million. Now, my experience of my online sales is that they're basically knocking stuff out at rock-bottom prices in completely the wrong sizes because they've ordered the wrong stuff. Um, Good for and- the consumer. I'm happy with
0: that.
2: Yeah, as long as you're the right size consumer, Sarah.
0: True.
2: You've got to be, it never seems to be my size, but um, yeah, no, it's, I mean, $100 million worth of online sales, I think it's 5 or 6% of their online sales, whereas there are stores in the UK, John Lewis was one that was mentioned, has 40% of its sales now are online, that's a um, department store chain in the UK, so, you know, it, it can be done, but Maya is not, the company.
1: Uh, this is not going to end well. This is definitely not going uh, to end well. Yeah, and you see that you see. I don't know. You saw buried in the announcement yesterday was the remuneration of directors. So the chairman's no longer going to receive his three hundred thousand as executive chairman. So he's, he's no. not. Uh, but he's instead he's going to receive eighty three thousand a month. Yeah. As acting CEO.
2: Yeah, no. I saw that he's got his executive chairman salary reduced from three hundred to two hundred, but he does get the eighty-three grand a month to be um, CEO uh, to be the uh, CEO for the time being. Um, I'd imagine he's going to be a CEO for some time. I'm not sure anybody else would put their hand up and, and destroy their career and have all the angst that this uh, this needs. I mean, I'd probably do it for eighty-three grand a month. I have to say, um, they could probably get me out of retirement, and I'm not a great retailer either. Um, but I do know how to make money too. So um, mm-hmm. I've got all the right qualifications on that basis. So, um, Gary, give me a buzz. I'll give you my mobile yeah, number if you yeah, want
0: to phone yeah, in after the show. Yeah, yeah, or me. I'm not qualified, but for that price, I'll give it yeah, a crack. We'll be down
2: Wow, Well, nor, nor is Nor is he. <laughs> <out,
0: you>
2: know, <laughs> <nor is laughs> clearly.
1: Couldn't hey. do
2: a worse job.
1: And we'll just have a quick talk about Rio, then go for a short break. Sure. So Rio, Rio sold their Queensland coal assets. They did. They
2: got a good
1: price as well. good price. So, so much for coal being dead, but nevertheless. Well, I that's
2: a Whitehaven... Cause Whitehavens um, going bananas, and yeah. they're, they're, you, know, you guys have got the, the Whitehaven people up in uh, Malls Creek. So yeah, they've, they've been going really well. Coal is not dead; iron ore seems a bit a bit dead, but uh, coal is good. Um, unfortunately for shareholders, I guess in Rio, uh, the company said that they weren't going to um, give everyone some nice goodies for Easter or or whenever. No nice um, special divi special dividends or anything like that. So the question then becomes. What are they going to do with all that $2.2 billion and all the other money that they're amassing through uh, this commodity cycle? Um, and the danger, I guess, is that uh, Rio are going to buy something. Mm-hmm. Um, and they haven't got a great track record of that, I'm afraid. Um, they've still got some serious issues with uh, the Riversdale project they bought in Mozambique, which was a floating coal down a river. Um, they just basically floated as barges of money down the river and then yes. it sank. Um, and they lost all their money, um, and now they're facing um, serious corruption inquiries on that one. So that, that's the, um, the issue for Rio. What do you do with all that money?
1: Yes, well, no doubt we'll find out in due course. Maybe they
2: could buy Meyer. <laughs> uh,
1: they've already, Meyer's already got someone who wants to take control of it.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think he's. I think he's. He's a little bit concerned about the 2.7 billion in lease liabilities all the stores have. I think he'd rather see the whole thing go down the pan and then pick over the bones without and leave the liabilities with somebody else. That's interesting
1: because the administrator can cancel all those.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think that that. If if you had to ask me, I think that's the end game for my. if, If you're a shareholder there, you would have to question your. I think just do your own research and walk into a Myer store and then come out and see if you still want to be a shareholder.
1: And um, Westfield came out with a surprise announcement during the week that they're going to spin off West coals. Farmers. West Farmers, sorry, West Farmers. Yes. Spin off, off Coles.
2: Um, yeah. Um, hasn't been a great success for West Farmers, I have to say. Um, they they did buy this uh, asset um, at the sort of the height of the GFC and I think they paid about 18, 17, or 18 billion for it. Um, the, the market is saying that there's a valuation of about 19 to 20 billion um, for it. So in 10 years, it hasn't really done much to do up the house. It's not been a great renovation. Um, of course, it has spun off a lot of cash in the meantime. So they're going to be f- um, pushing that out of the uh, of the West Farmers basket. Um, and you, you could see a Coles and Meyer tie-up, couldn't you? We've been there before. That would be yes. interesting. Yes. But, um, yeah, so the, the theory, I, get, I guess, is that, um, that Coles on their own will have greater flexibility, much like BHP did with South 32, much like National Bank did with um, uh, Clydesdale Bank and all those sorts of things. So um, divorces can be good for the one being divorced. They can get a new lease of life. And um, fly and be free, but um, sometimes they take a little while to settle down, so we'll wait and see. But uh, the market initially kind of liked it, and then went a little bit kind of lukewarm on it. Um, and you know, the, the jewel in the crown, I guess, for West Farmers at the moment is Bunnings, um, and the other businesses they have, things like Office Works. Um, but it is a, a conglomerate. Um, but the market at the moment doesn't seem to be quite as enamoured with the prospects of a fly and be free coals. As uh, it initially was, so we'll wait and see what happens.
1: Mm. Wait and see what the price of the shares are after it splits.
2: Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's a bit like the um, the Fairfax Domain thing. You'll get given um, your coal shares, and, and I think the plan is that West Farmers retain about twenty percent. Uh, a bit like Fairfax did with um, with Domain, uh, floating it off separately, um, and then retaining a holding as well. So they've still got some upside to it, but. Um, anyway we'll see how it all pans out
1: yes and bingo is the waste collection business they're looking to expand great name into, isn't it yeah yeah bingo <laughs> i'd get it confused with bingo but anyhow right. bingo
2: it's a good it's a good name yeah obviously um bingo i guess has been one of the um success stories in uh in ipo land recently um so it has done pretty well um, and they're looking to um to expand into um queensland um, so they're looking to build up their presence there, um, and um, yeah, the, I guess the problem with waste at the moment is that um, it's hard to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, e- even shipping it off to China is they uh, put a ban on it. The landfills hard. Um, you now there's been uh, some some allegations and some in you know, some some press speculation on new south wales um, waste uh, disposal going into queensland or you know, vice versa so it's um it's a, it's a it's a contentious issue i guess but uh, bingo seem to do it better than most um and um you know the share price has done pretty well since listing you know it was sort of a dollar 60 and now it's $2.70 so um it has done pretty well it does bounce around a bit but um it's it's been a good story, but it's just
1: where you put the stuff. Well, at least at least their name kind of relates to to what they do, unlike Bapcor and other things like that. I don't
2: know Bapcor. I don't know, Bapcor. I worked it out. Oh, did I you? worked it. Yeah, I did, because it used to be called Burston. Yes. So Bapcor is uh, was Burston Automotive Products oh. Company. Oh, okay. Yeah, I worked it out.
0: Well done! You get it a prize. It
2: took me a long time because, like you, I was I was I was completely bamboozled by the whole um, bursting into BAPCOR and then yeah. it kind of the, the penny dropped.
1: Okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. There you go.
1: And then the pennies dropped at Fontora. Well, the,
2: the, yeah, the, the penny has dropped. The, the, they, they had a um, they had a, a bad set of numbers the other day. Um, they've had some issues in China, which is you know it's a bit strange there's been a lot of people that have gone up to China and made an awful lot of money up there, especially stocks like A2. Um, and there's a lot of stocks here that have got plenty of promise that they're going to make a lot of money up in China. Unfortunately, Fonterra, um, not one of those. Um, and um, yeah, no, it hasn't worked out. The CEO has uh, fallen on his sword, stepped down. Um, Fonterra runs uh, 10,500 shareholders who are the farmers. Um, and um, they bought a asset called Being Mate, which was the market leader in the Chinese infant formula business. Um, unfortunately, they paid $756 million New Zealand dollars for that near 20% stake. But unfortunately, their Being Mate's market share has been shrinking big time. They used to have 70% five years ago, now they've only got 2.5%. Mm. So what Fonterra has lost, A2 Milk and others like Bellamy's, have been making up so one man's loss is another man's gain mm. but uh, certainly yes the, uh, the ceo has fallen well and truly on his milky sword
1: and he's no longer
2: the milky bar kid
0: yeah well
1: fontura was seen as the great dairy company well it seems to have similar problems developing there as well
2: um yes yeah
1: so. and then talking about problems it appears that uh one of the banks, at least, has been selling uh, income protection policies to the unemployed and people on pensions.
2: Well, I, I think it's fair to say that none of the banks have covered themselves in any glory at the Royal Commission. They have all gone in looking pretty unprepared. The, uh, the wonderful Rowena Orr, shock and awe as she's now become known, has led these banking executives down the garden path until they're so far down that all she has to do is bring the club out and then... <laughs> Basically, pummel them with the uh, the sad, sorry state of affairs and the facts, um, and you know all these banks have been up to to no good um, at times. The worrying thing, I guess, for investors is that you never really want to look behind the curtain. The Wizard of Oz didn't look very intimidating once you look behind the curtain. And these banks that sort have of trumpeted for years that they've got cutting edge technology and IT platforms and your money's safe and all this sort of stuff. It turns out some of the problems that they should have fixed ten years ago when they're overcharging customers or they have the wrong interest rates or, or whatever down to a computer glitch hasn't been fixed for ten years. You know, it's not going to be fixed till Christmas. You know, this is not a particularly good look for our institutions, regardless of whether they did anything right or wrong. Um, You know, we had CBA with a coding error that allowed money laundering. You know, it was one line of code, apparently, really. Um, You know, these guys have spent billions on IT, um, and yet they really have struggled to get it right, and that is a concern. And Now, the share market is is reflecting that. The banks are pretty... Uh, under a bit of pressure and every day you see those headlines in the paper about the royal commission and everyone's waiting for another gotcha moment and there's going to be plenty of those in the next six to nine months i suspect so it's going to be a, a, a long year for the banks i'm afraid
1: yes and what about marcus today that always gets it right doesn't it
2: um, if, if we did get it right all the time, I probably wouldn't be talking to you, Stephen, or well, at least I would be talking to you from mm-hmm. from my very large yacht in the um, in the Caribbean or somewhere. But uh, but no, we, we try. So any listeners that want to sign up to uh, Marcus today, just go to our website marcus.today.com.au,
1: and they can sign up.
0: Thanks, Henry. And that's it for the marketplace today. But Stephen, we're looking now at setting up and managing a self uh, super, superannuation fund.
1: Yeah, self managed superannuation it's fund. Scary. Oh, is it?
0: I don't know. You tell no, me. No, it's not scary. You, scared?
1: you wouldn't be scared.
0: Oh, so, how do you do it? Where do you start?
1: Well, I mean, I think uh, the self-managed super funds are becoming popular, and 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 to be honest, they they a lot of people are, are going into them because they think it's the flavour of the month and it's some status symbol. And, okay, yeah, and it's they, cool. It's cool, <laughs> and they really shouldn't be in them. But but you know, some some of the advantages are the advantages are. Um, they provide a greater choice of investment options. Um, so with a self-managed superannuation fund, you can basically invest in um, almost anything.
0: The control uh, is nice. You're really taking control. The,
1: the, perceived, controls, <laughs> okay. the perceived control. Okay. perceived control. But, you know, if you're only going to invest in mainstream options, there's, there's a number of um, um, superannuation platforms around now that, you know, the one we use has got something like Four thousand options on Wow so unless there's some specific reason why you, you want to have some exotic investments I, I really don't know that that's really a valid reason and one of the big reasons though is for larger funds a self management superannuation fund may be maybe cheaper to run okay than a commercial option
0: okay yeah
1: so generally on generally on a um, commercial fund you're looking at about one percent of assets and you know if you've got which is on a million dollars or million 16,000 a year. um, It probably wouldn't cost you that much to run a self managed superannuation fund. Okay, so... It's cheaper for larger funds generally.
0: So it is cheaper, okay. So what are, what are the disadvantages? Well, the
1: disadvantages, just like you, you alluded to a minute ago, it was scary. So there's increased responsibility on the members mm. um, and because the members actually have to be the trustees as well. So we'll get to that in a minute. And and it may be more expensive for members with smaller amounts of money. Like, you know, a self-managed superannuation fund, You know, there's basically fixed costs you need to incur. Okay. Right, no matter, you've you've got to get the um, annual returns and stuff done, which we'll come to again in a minute, and they're all fixed costs. So the larger the fund, the more economies of scale you'll get.
0: Okay.
1: So on the trustees, so the trustees are ultimately responsible for the conduct of the fund, and all the trustees either have to be members of the fund itself or have to be directors of the corporate trustee. Okay. So if something goes wrong, basically, you've only got yourself to blame.
0: That's exactly right.
1: That's right. So so um, so a typical setup, a typical traditional setup would have been mum and dad as the trustees and mum and dad as the members.
0: Right.
1: And what's kind of happened now is that. Um, they're tending to include people staying to include their children in these funds and making them um, family funds in some instances. So, could
0: you get the aunts and uncles involved and you know, old uncle, you know, Auntie well, Norma? Let's get her no, in. No,
1: you can't because unfortunately they're limited to a maximum of four members.
0: Ah, okay. okay. I just had a thought then, but yeah, right. Yeah,
1: so, the self managed super funds limited to a maximum of four members, and each of those people has to be, as I said, a director or. Or a direct of the trustee company, or the trustee company itself, um, and, and then there are disadvantages of of um, bringing. There's the, 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 some positives and some disadvantages of bringing the children in to members of the fund. Um, one of the one of one of the disadvantages if, if one of the parents pass away, and you've got the two children in the SA, for example and mum or dad left by themselves, the children can effectively take control of that fund.
0: Oh, okay. So there's no nothing to, to prevent them from then completely stepping in and
1: yeah, That's right. So you need to okay. You need to be careful. If you're gonna do that, you 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 can't really get an off the self document, which, and it's going to cost you more to set up. So to set up a self-managed superannuation fund, um, and we'd always use a corporate trustee at our firm, you're looking around Mm $2,000 just to stand it off-the-shelf type product. Um, But once you start having to make special amendments to the trustee for bringing other family members in, the costs will rise.
0: Okay. So I guess how much money do you need then to to think about setting up a self-managed
1: superannuation uh, well, funds? I see. I see. Last time I had a look is telling people $200,000. Okay. Um, I think it's not as simple as that. It depends on the person's circumstances and what they want to do. It may be worthwhile. It may be worthwhile. Someone with a balance of $50,000 setting up a self-managed superannuation fund, um, mm-hmm particularly if they're getting closer to retirement and they want to you know take take advantage of the maximum contribution limits or maybe even sell their business and and use the small business rollover concessions and tip five hundred thousand dollars in in the next year or so it mm-hmm. may be worthwhile setting up at fifty and on the other on the on the other side of the coin if if you if you're just um, looking at Wanting to buy a few shares and manage funds and things, it it may be worthwhile, you know, just using one of the online one of the wrap um, platforms that are available, and 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 using that, and and that that might be a million dollars or one and a half million. I mean, it's all depends on the the person involved, how much work they want to do. Because there is some work. You I was going to say,
0: you, you need time to do yeah, this, don't you? Need you? You, you really, and work. you need to know a bit about. You need to know a bit. You you know,
1: yeah, you need to know a bit, but a lot of the stuff you need to know is common sense. Really, um, you need to know a bit and how much work you want to do, and um, you know, against the trade-off of what expenses are going to be incurred. So, whichever way you go, either self-managed super fund or, or, or some external industry fund or online platform that are available, um, there are going to be some expenses involved.
0: So what about auditing? How does that
1: work? Uh, Self-managed superannuation funds, and this comes down to the trustees' responsibilities. They've got to have an investment strategy, and basically that means the trustees have to decide where the money is invested, and that has to comply with um, the sections of the Act that would deal with what the investment strategy is supposed to cover. Um, Then annually, you've got to have a set of financial statements produced. And a tax return and an annual return to the Australian Taxation Office, um, which they're charging you for now. And then the accounts need the, to be audited by, um, a qualified self-managed superannuation fund auditor. So, so, so taking all this into account, I would have thought, you know, you, the costs aren't going to be less than $3,000 a year.
0: All right. So, yeah. look, it's an option. It's, it's certainly an option, an option a, for, for people that maybe are looking for an alternative. It, for it, it's an option
1: for people who are looking for an alternative. But, you know, there was a, a firm down the street in Hamilton.
0: <laughs> yes, that,
1: that's right. That was selling, sending out, uh, set up a self-managed super fund and get a free iPad. Oh. Um, that, that, that's not, and it wasn't us. Oh, uh, okay, wasn't, nice. wasn't you? Oh, I wasn't thought nice. for sure that's uh, where we're I don't going. think there were any uh, – I think there was a few problems with the securities and they're no longer in business. But, yeah, so, so you need to look at your circumstances.
0: All right, Stephen Pritchard, that's all we have time for. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week.
1: See you next week, sir.
2: Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel.